Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. And I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keen and Michael McKee. The opening bell brought to you by SEI. Imagine when asset management servicing is unconstrained by infrastructure. See how SEI's global operating platform can be your catalyst for business expansion at SEIC.com slash imagine. And stocks, they're a little change to higher at the open. The S&P 500 is up less than a tenth of a percent, up one point to 2110. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up a tenth of a percent or 25 points to 17,945. The NASDAQ is little change, up less than a tenth of a percent or almost three points to 49.71. Ten-year Treasury up 6.30 seconds. The yield 1.71%. Yield on the two-year 0.77%. NYMEX crude oil up six tenths percent or 32 cents to $50.02 two cents a barrel. COMEX gold down four tenths percent or $4.80 to 12.42.60 an ounce. The euro $1.1366. The N107.41. Tom and Mike. So much, Karen. Greatly appreciate it. If you work for Michael Musa, you learn to be very direct. Michael Musa is probably the most direct, the late Michael Musa, I should say, is probably the most direct, abrupt economist I've ever uh, met. He was iconic at the International Monetary Fund. Ashoka Modi joins us now, who in his own regard is a front-rate, first-rate economist, Robertson Professor Woodrow Wilson School, Princeton. Ashoka, you've written an essay on Brexit. You quote a number of worthies, including Professor Musa. Uh, just <laughs> yes. would Michael would Michael Musa have voted for Brexit? Uh, I think Michael Musa would have taken a skeptical view of the numbers being thrown around on the costs of Brexit. I think ultimately who votes for Brexit depends on a, a much more emotional decision. But the, the, the point of quoting Musa there was that the numbers being trotted out by the entire establishment that Brexit would essentially put uh, Britain back into the dark ages. I think uh, that is what Michael Musa would certainly strenuously have objected to. What is your view of the economic consequences of Brexit? You're not convinced that it's going to be a terrible thing. Yeah, so uh, normally uh, what will happen is that there will be some redirection of trade. Some of the trade that goes uh, is uh, conducted with the European Union. Some of that will reduce. My main point there is that even that reduction should not be taken for granted because ultimately these are very long-standing social relationships that have got embedded in trade relationships. And all the productive relationships will survive. As we know, when exchange rates fluctuate, people do not uh, break their relationships. Uh, Germany, for example, for years has had uh, had an appreciating exchange rate before the euro, and it maintained its relationships. People make accommodations. And moreover, most importantly, in any case, uh, 
Britain has been transitioning away from Europe for the last uh, quarter century because Europe is a slow-growing region and British trade with the rest of the world has been increasing. Mike, I would point out that none other than Olivier Blanchard downplayed the effects of Brexit as as well. Do you have – have you done a calculation, Professor Modi, of what – Remain or Brexit would do to England? So I think, you know, we are at a point where the numbers are relatively small. And at that point, the uncertainty around whether it is half a percent here or half a percent there, you know, no economist should uh, claim to know that. Uh, So the point is, that because the UK Treasury, OECD, IMF has have come up with numbers that say there'll be a six to ten percent permanent loss, that's the objection. The, that the, those numbers simply do not pass Musa smell test. And whether it is a one percent loss or half a percent gain, nobody really can tell. And it's within the forecasting error. You know, if I forecast next year's GDP, that's the kind of error I would get in any case. And so I think Brexit is in that margin of error. If if that's the case, though, uh, would you recommend voting against uh, remaining, voting for Brexit, voting against remaining, given the unknowns out there and the margin of error? Yes, yeah, so I think that's that's exactly the right question to ask, and I think there are two views over here. The the one view is uh, why take the risk? Uh, it's not going to be uh, particularly valuable to stay, but there is some black hole which which we should not get into. But the the other other theme over here, and that's something that's driving the campaign, is. What is the purpose of the European Union in the long run? And I think that some much larger historical issues are being raised in this, uh, in this campaign, which is that the European Union is essentially based on a premise that nation states cannot look after their citizens. Now, how, how deep the encroachment of sovereignty is, is a debatable issue. But in my view, mm-hmm. The, the notion that a supranational state needs to look after you, that's really the big question. Within this is the backdrop of, I guess, unemployment rate. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to jobs. Do you just assume that double-digit unemployment is permanent within continental Europe? <laughs> I, I think... I think Europe uh, will probably struggle for a long time uh, with that double-digit unemployment. I think Europe's uh, problem is not just the unemployment. More fundamentally, it is that it's not also able to raise productivity growth. So it has both unemployment and is not able to raise productivity growth. And that's that's Europe's long-term problem. That's that's almost a century-old problem. You know, there are periods in which Europe briefly catches up with the rest of the world, and then it falls behind. And I think we are seeing another phase when that is happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening because Europe is, is, is uh, an economy that has not reinvented itself, and it's happening also because there have been terribly bad policies in the last five, seven years.
Uh, before we let you go, just a minute left. Uh, the question everybody here has, and certainly it's been raised by Janet Yellen, is what impact a vote to leave the European Union would have on the rest of the world? I think there will be two or three days of uh, uh, uncertainty, and it will pretty much pass by. Uh, I, I think it will have a minimal effect uh, on uh, on on financial markets and on the global economy. Uh, Professor, thank you so much. Uh, Ashoka Modi uh, with Princeton, uh, with some essays, particularly in the independent in the United Kingdom, uh, trying to find a measured analysis of Bermain or Brexit. Michael McKee and I are trying to stay measured as well. It's easier to do that from New York, Mike, than... Yeah, well, we're living we don't have, in London. We don't have a vote, but yeah. we will keep on top of it all. For yes, all it's here. I mean, it's, it, it's I coming mean, up. Yeah, it, it's all of a sudden uh, June. We race forward on the seventh of June towards the twenty third. Of course, the Fed meeting in between. Mike McKee and I getting is it a dead meeting, Mike? After the speech yesterday, it does seem to be dead. Except that she's got a press conference afterwards. Everybody's going to want to listen to that. The press conference will be the heart of it. Uh, that on June fifteenth. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Palisades Audi. Visit palisadesaudi.com. Here's John Tucker with news headlines. Well, Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders says after today's primaries, he'll head back home to Vermont to assess where we are. Over the weekend, Sanders talked over the phone with President Obama, who could soon endorse Hillary Clinton. No celebration just yet, says the Hillary Clinton campaign, despite an AP calculation that Clinton has enough delegates to become the Democratic presidential nominee. The campaign says right now it wants to focus on today's primaries in California, New Jersey, New Mexico, and three other states. Syrian President Bashar Assad is willing to, is vowing to liberate every inch of the country in the same way as troops recaptured the historic town of Palmyra from Islamic State group. Assad told a newly elected parliament today the situation on the ground there is much better than it was months ago. And we have global news 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm John Tucker. Tom and John, Michael. John, thanks so much. The 10-year yield in Germany. All of a sudden, down two solid basis points to three digits, positive point zero six three. Mike, that bears careful watching. That's really getting down way under monthly or weekly closes. Yeah. Over, you know, we're getting really near that red sticky which says record lows in the German tenure. Not there uh, yet. The uh, U.S. tenure one point seven one percent on the watch on the German tenure. That's what we do here. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns in cash in rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net.